0: Because if we need to learn from Jesus how to live through a bad day. Because we're going to have bad days. If you are having one now, you will at some point this week. And say, somebody might say, well, don't prophesy that on me. But it's just a fact. But I'll prophesy that you can handle it through Christ who gives you strength. And so we want to, we want to do that. And look what Hebrews 12, 2 says. It says, keep your eyes on who? Jesus. Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We need more than any time to keep our eyes on Jesus, and uh, and and even if He's running ninety miles an hour, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Some of y'all that went right over your head, and uh, and so, uh, but we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Look, look what it says: Who both began and finished this race. See, we're in a race called life. We're in a race called life, and and if you're uh, if you've accepted Christ. Your faith walk is a race, and Paul talks about it as a race. He says, keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished the race. So if I want to learn how to do something, if I wanted to learn, I, I went to a tech seminar to learn a little bit more about how we can upgrade our, our streaming online. We want to do that, with, and uh, we're going to have to get some new equipment to do that, and, and so I went to that. Why? Because I needed to go to somebody that had already done what I want to do. And see, Jesus has already lived this race that we're in, and, uh, and so we need to keep our eyes on him. It said, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in a place of honor at the right alongside God. And so Jesus was willing, because he saw you sitting in this pew, in these chairs tonight, he saw you having accepted Jesus as your Savior. He saw you allowing the Holy Spirit to change you and help you overcome things. He saw you when he was getting ready to go to the cross. And he could put up with the beating. He could put up with the illegal trials. And he could put up with the execution because he saw your salvation and your empowerment through his Holy Spirit. You see, he kept his eyes on where we're going. So we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to learn from him. Now, week one... We, we talked about we need to forgive everybody who's trying to ruin your life. I mean, we talked about that. There are people that seem like they took a college course on how to mess your life up, right? There's always that somebody. And I've seen people over the years, they'll be working somewhere, and there'll be somebody they can't get along with, so they'll change jobs. And guess what? That person followed them. Maybe not the same person, same personality type followed them. Or we do that in relationships, We'll, get it. We'll, we'll divorce one relationship, and guess what? We just got right back in the same kind of boat. And then we get rid of that one, and we get right into the same kind of we got to learn uh, from, from our mistakes. And so uh, we, we, we learned that you've got to forgive people who are trying to ruin your life. If you don't, you're going to be held captive. You will be held captive, and you'll keep making those mistakes. Second week, we talked about help others who are going through the same struggle you're going through. And, uh, and, and, and let me tell you, you're going to go through some stuff, and some of you have gone through some stuff I haven't, and you can help people who have not, who are going through it now. You know, I used to years ago when I went through a divorce, I could see other men who were hurting the same way I was hurting it. You could tell by which books they were looking at in the Christian bookstore. You know, and you could also tell by the books, that been because the church has been kind of harsh to people who go through that. I could have been a serial killer, and, and the church would have been all right, but because I was divorced, you know you got this big label on you right there, you know, and and other men w- would go through that and, and, and so, but I can help guys that go through some of y'all you 've lost a job you, and, and seen that you don't die when that happens, and you get another job, and most of the times it's better than the one you just went through. So God will bring you through something, and you know what he's going to do? He's going to set you beside somebody else going through the same thing. How many of y'all, your kids are over 20 now? Praise the Lord. We can help people, right, who have one between 13 and 20. Who's got one between 13 and 20? We are praying for you. Okay? And, uh, and so, but see, you can, I've already been through it. You know, you've been through the sneaking out, all of that stuff, you know, and, and everything. My dad, my dad uh, perfected skipping school and doing stuff like that. Now, my grandmother, she didn't play. I remember one time he skipped school, and him and his buddies were out fishing. And uh, and they were in they were, uh, the school, called my grandmother and said, Bobby's not in school today. And she said, okay, well, is, is this one and this one, I forget the names. Uh, Harlan Johnson and another guy. And uh, they said, no, they're missing. So she called their mamas. And when they're coming up the river from fishing, the three mamas are sitting in lounge chairs drinking iced tea <laughs> right there where the boys had to come. So they just turned around and went the other way. And my grandmother stood up and said, you got to come home sometime. And so they just turned around and came. And my dad said the bottom r- rotted out of that boat before he ever got to use it again. Grandmama didn't play. I mean, you know, it was... Uh, you know but 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 you know, I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway. <laughs> you've got to help others go through the same struggle. I think part of it was well, that's why I never skipped school when I was in school because he perfected it, and I think he probably, I always thought he knew all the tricks, and so I, would, I knew I would get get it and, and and uh and my grandmother was still alive too, and uh, and and she's not like grandparents, you know, now that spoil people. My grandmother, she didn't play, I'm telling you. I mean, so anyway, we help others who experience in the same struggle. And uh, and so we're going to look at a different statement tonight. Matter of fact, the statement we're looking at is in the Gospel of John, and um, and it's the only place you find it. Now, John, if you read the Gospel of John, he's the favorite, right? You know, he t- he'll tell you that. I'm the one Jesus loved, you know, and I'm the one that... that is the closest to Jesus. And so he, he wrote his own highlight film, kind of, so to speak. And, and so uh, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, you know, Jesus is getting executed. He's on the cross. He's beaten beyond recognition. Uh, most of the disciples are nowhere to be found. John, the youngest, is there with Jesus' mother, Mary. And uh, I don't know that his brothers and sisters were there. I don't think they were because they really weren't believers of Jesus as the Messiah until he rose from the dead. If you remember, there was one time, the brothers and sisters they said, "Hey, your brothers and sisters are at the door." They were coming to get him because they thought he was crazy. They were going to do an intervention, you know, and so, but it didn't happen. And uh, and so Mary is there with John, the young, the youngest of the disciples, and and Jesus is. I mean, he's being executed. He's dying on this cross, and uh, and he's out there. And, uh, you know, Jesus, here, he's, you know, Mary's at the foot of the cross crying. Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus is their oldest son. You don't read anything about Joseph after, you remember the story when Jesus was 12 or 13, when he went, he went to the temple and he got lost, and, or he didn't get lost. He was back there hanging, talking with the, with the, the priest and everything. And, uh, and so uh, you don't read about Joseph after that. And so uh, Jesus, chances are Joseph died. So here's Mary, a teenage mom. She probably 13 when she had Jesus, and uh, she's a young mother, single mom, and she got these kids. And so Jesus, being oldest, what do you think he had to do? He had to go to work, to help support the family. That's what he was doing. He took over the carpentry business. Some people think Jesus may have helped rebuild Herod the Temple, Herod's Temple, and uh, because he would have been working during that time and as a young man. And and so she's all this now. Her livelihood is dying on this cross. Mary's down here. She's not only losing her son. There's a thought back there somewhere. How am I going to eat tomorrow? Because women didn't own anything then. The house was gone. It wasn't hers. I mean, she had no money. You know, Jesus is the one that began to change that. but, But Mary's got, you know, she's supported by Jesus. And so she's wondering what's going on. And so Jesus looks, I mean... During this horrible time, he looks at John, and and I'll just read it. In John chapter 19, it said, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. It's funny, all the women are there, but not very many of the guys, you know. And uh, so when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, now remember, John is writing this about himself, the disciple whom he loved. In other words, I'm the favorite. Kathy's got a cousin. And I always tell all the, you know, I'm, the, I'm your favorite, right? And she would actually give me extra toffee when she was in the toffee business. You know, it's chocolate business and stuff. But, but here John's saying, I'm the favorite. And so when he saw them, he said to his mother, dear woman, here's your son. To John, about John. And to the disciple, here's your mother. In other words, I want you to be responsible for taking care of my mom. Jesus is dying, but he's taking care of somebody that he loves. He's taking care of somebody that loves. So I want you to write this down. In the middle of the crucifixion, Jesus saw his mother. Jesus saw his mother. And, and, and when he saw her, you know, he was basically, he assigned domestic responsibility to John, the disciple, whom, according to John, he was the closest to. Now, John was one of the three, Peter, James, and John, that were always together with Jesus, the, the inner three. And... and uh because his brothers and sisters didn't believe yet. And so here he's being crucified, and he looks down, and he sees his mother, and he tells his mother, here's your son, and to John, here's your mother. You take care of my mom. You take care of her. And so out of his pain, he's focusing on those he cares about. Now, I'm, I want you to write this principle down. When you're going through a bad day, be sure that you've taken care of those near you. When you're going through a bad day, we still need to take care of those who are near us, you know. And, um, and so there's a story I read about a man who had uh, been married for 50 years, and his wife died. And, and uh, there were leaders in the church, and, and now she was gone due to a heart attack. And, and uh, Vic never complained uh, that she died, even though uh, most thought he would die soon after. But uh, he told his pastor they had a number of things to finish before it was his time to go join his wife. And and so he worked and he accomplished some things in the church and with his children and grandchildren. And finally, after nine months, one of his children told the pastor, I think he's ready. The pastor went and prayed with him, and Vic went on to be with heaven. Because, you see, he had some things he needed to take care of. Jesus had some things he needed to take care of even on that cross, before he paid for our sins, he wanted his mom taken care of, his earthly mother. And, uh, and so it's important uh, because when we're going through trauma, we tend, to wound, we tend to hurt those who are around us, right? Uh, how many of you, when you're having a bad day, does anybody besides me get aggravated? I mean, I bite sometimes. If you see me and I, and I don't smile at you and I'm walking, it's probably that computer back there not, not working right. And, and if you see Steve and he's got that look, he popped a string up here or his guitars. He, he had one note that just wouldn't go through the sound system earlier or something. So, I mean, you get focused on something, and, and, and so we can have a bad day. But it's important that we take care of those that are near us. And one of the ways we take care of them is we don't, we don't take it out on them. You know, uh, you know, pain is pain. It's real. And feelings are feeling, but we don't need to take that out on the other person most of the time we become so self-focused and we don't worry about others but we're sure to take care of those who are near us we've got to do that I mean you might wake up on the wrong side of the bed go back to bed and get out on the other side I don't know you know I mean you know you, you might get up and, and uh, maybe you say I'm grumpy till I get that cup of coffee get that cup of coffee then you know I mean uh, we, we I, we've had bad days right uh, all of us have had bad days. You know, you, maybe you got fired from a job. Anybody? Yeah. You know, fired from a job. Maybe you've had somebody reject you. I told you when I was in high school, I perfected getting dumped by girlfriends. And, uh, you know, and, and so I had one underline a Bible passage and dump me. And uh, that was a bad day for me at that point. We've all had bad days. and uh, And so what we tend to do is when we're in pain, we tend to pass off the pain. We tend to pass off the pain. And uh, there, was a, there was a movie, a movie, trying to think of the name of it, but it's like this whole town quit smoking. It's a long time ago. And, and, man, the people were getting grumpy. And, and, and somebody chewed somebody out, and they couldn't chew him back as their boss, and then they chewed out somebody. And then finally they're walking through the park and they kick the dog. I mean, you know, it was just like it just rolls down. We we pass off our pain. We're gonna lash out and hurt somebody else. And uh maybe we pout uh or give the silent treatment, but but a lot of the, most of the time we lash out. We lash out and we bite back, you know. And uh and so we've we've gotta have that I, I remember a story about a guy who was having a bad day, and uh he was just grumpy, and uh <laughs> and his son said Dad, God is good. God is good. And he said, what? And he said, God is good. And don't you let your bad day mess up my day, <laughs> Dad. You know, out of the mouths of babes, right? You know, and, and so we've gotta we've gotta not pass our pain off. Write this uh, or 2 Peter 1 3, I want to read this. It said, as his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Write that down. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And Godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us. here's the thing. God has given each one of you. When you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit will He has given you everything you need to do need to get through the day, to get through a bad day. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So write this down: Don't transmit your trauma to other people. Don't dump on them. that's what I should have put. Just don't, don't back the dump truck up and dump on them. And I mean, sometimes we want to, right? I mean, that's like when, you know, you come in here, I, I can remember, uh, you know, you, you come in and maybe you, for me, it might, I, I, I can remember being an overdose death one one Sunday. Come in here and something's going wrong with something. It's like, you know, that was not important in my thought process at that point because I just left some children, didn't have a dad anymore. and And so, but we can't, Pass that pain off to other people. So we don't want to transmit our trauma to others. So here's four things we can do. Four things we can do that I think are important. One is you got to identify the real problem. you got to identify the real problem. So if if something's going wrong, is, is it somebody really trying to mess with you or is it just maybe something you did or didn't do or whatever? You've got to find the real problem. But here's the thing. We think when something's going wrong that somebody's trying to get me. And that's not the case. Look what the scripture says, what Paul wrote in Ephesians 6. We're not fighting against what? Flesh and blood. That means that person you think is your enemy is not really your enemy. Who's your enemy? The devil. Behind that person. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Let me tell you, folks, if you don't believe there's a spiritual aspect to everything going on in our culture today, you're crazy because there is. There, there are the forces of evil that are real. Let me tell you, some people say, well, I don't believe in the devil. Well, then Jesus is a liar because he talked about the devil and he talked about demons. And people say, well, demons are really mental illness Jesus didn't know any better. Come on, he created mental illness. He created the world. We're not talking about some dumb shepherd. We're talking about the creator of the world. And so there are spiritual forces behind people. There's a video I've shown uh, in the jail a couple of times. Probably ought to show it here one time. And uh, where you see when this guy would put on glasses, it gave him spiritual vision. And he could see the demonic forces behind people, egging children and parents to fight, egging husband and wife to fight, uh, you know, in different situations. And uh, the real problem is not the people, it's the spirit. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to be at these altars on Wednesdays, praying about what's going on back out there in the work week. You know, we need to be praying because the enemy is not somebody at your job. The enemy is not your husband either. It's the devil. We, We fight against flesh and blood enemies. So we've got to identify what the real problem is. What's is, What's really going on here? Who's my enemy, but what's going on? And it might be something I need to apologize for or whatever, but we've got to identify the real problem. The real problem is, is we're fighting spiritual battles, but we're trying to do it physically. And we've got to fight spiritual battles in the spirit and in prayer. Number two, avoid the pity party. You're not the only one ever been fired off a job. You're not the only one ever had somebody dump you. You're not the only one that got hurt doing something. You're not the only one who lost a spouse that died or whatever. You know, avoid the pity party. You know, we like, we like to invite, uh, you know, uh, that, that pity. Oh, I feel so, oh, you know, people I'm so sorry. I feel so terrible for you. you know, no. Avoid the pity party. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not in pain. But even in our painful moments, God doesn't want us to wallow in it. He do not want you to wallow in it. Here's what he wants you to do. First Peter 5, 7. Peter said this. Cast all of your anxiety. Cast all your problems on him. You know what I find out? It works better when I do that. For me, it works better. When I give Jesus my problems... Doesn't mean I'm not working to, to overcome it or doing what he's told me to do to, to fix it or whatever. But I cast that anxiety on him. Why? Because he, he cares for you. Nobody loves you more than Jesus does. And so the thing is, is he will never ask you to do something that's going to hurt you. That's going to be bad for you. So we need to cast our cares, our anxiety on to him. Let, let tell you, when we don't, it just bottles up inside us. It becomes bitterness. It affects your health. It will cause you to have ulcers, high blood pressure, all kinds of things. And uh, and so you want to cast your cares on Jesus. And um, and so you don't want to you don't want to just ignore those things. You don't want to hold on to them. You don't want to coddle them, you know. And uh, when you when you coddle those things, you'll start to doubt God. You want to give them to Him, you know, uh, and. Uh, Let me tell you, when you you hold on to it, you're going to start thinking there's no grace. You'll start, there's no solution to my problems. You'll start thinking I'm the only one this is happening to. And so you need to avoid the pity party, cast all your anxiety on Jesus. And the third thing, live a connected life. Live a connected life. Pastor Kathy always says this, the banana that gets away from the bunch gets peeled. We were, we were here and heard a guy talking about this last night, an illustration he use. he actually had been on a safari where they were watching cheetahs hunt and uh and and they were watching these cheetahs hunt and these cheetahs would spread out and uh, and uh, they were hunting and when they found uh, a bunch of it's was antelope wasn't it zebras there were zebras, it was zebras they found, and they just all spread out about a hundred yards apart or so and then As if they had communication going on between them, they just all attacked at the same time. See, a zebra got off by himself, and they ate that zebra. And when you get off by yourself, that's why you got to be connected. You got to live a connected life because when you get off by yourself, that's where you can get picked off. You need strength. I need strength, and uh, and so you got to be plugged in to a church. If you can be plugged into a, a small group. So I do these groups on Mondays and Tuesdays. That's why we have the ladies group on, on Saturday. That's why we do, really, Wednesday night uh, feed up. Is, so it's easier for you to come to church. But also, when you're sitting around eating, you kind of get to know people. You're talking. You know, it doesn't get quiet while everybody's eating. I mean, everybody's just eating and talking. And you get to know each other. And so you get connected you see, we've got, to, we've got to be connected to each other. And, and that way that way I can learn that somebody's already been through what I'm going through. And I might get some wisdom from him. Or I've been through something that maybe you're going through. And you can get some wisdom from me. And we find that out because we live a connected life. And if you, if you, don't, if you disconnect and you isolate yourself, you are going to be messed up. You're going to mess up just like that zebra did. They got away from the crowd, and the cheetahs uh, took him down. And so look what Jesus said in John 19. He said, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here's your son. Disciple, here's your mother. From that time, the disciple took her into his home. She was connected. He was connected. He, He said, I want you to take care of my mama. See, Jesus loved his mama. She raised him. She wasn't perfect. You know, people, you know, one of a a great book, if you can find it, is Blessed Mary because it takes Mary and puts her in her proper place. She was Jesus' mother. She's honored among women, but she is no more than a regular woman that happened to carry Jesus. She's not God. She's not divine. And she wasn't sinless. She offered sacrifices at the temple, just like you and I would have if we lived during that time. But she's blessed because she carried Jesus. And, and so he said, John, I want you to take care of my mama. That's my mama. I want you to take care of her. She can't handle it by herself. I want you to take care of her, John. And that's what he did. He, he connected her. And, uh, and, of course, she was connected into the church. And so we've got to be connected. You might be going through a bad day. I told you, like, when I was running, obviously, a long time ago. But when I had these guys that I ran with. I might be having a bad day, and I'm thinking, man, I'm hurting from my toes up, and I don't want to go run six miles today. But I know Rodney and this other guy, I think it was Larry, are going to be waiting on me to go run, and if I don't show up, they're going to call me funny names. We didn't have Facebook back then, so it would have been, you know, they'd have seen me and said something. And so I'm going to go. And they would be all perky, and so we'd go out and run six miles. Because, see, I'm having a bad day, but they helped me turn that around you got to be connected, or vice versa. One of them might have been dragging, and then I'm feeling all perky. Maybe drank a little coffee before I went out to run. It's like, oh, no, dude, we're running this six miles today, you know. And so you, you've got to be connected because you're going to go through bad days. And if you don't have somebody in your life that can help you through that, you're going to be like, like that uh, zebra that got away. I like this Cornelius uh, in, in Acts it talks about he was a devout man who feared God with all his household and he gave alms generously to people and prayed continually to God see he, he, he was a generous man and one way we, we do is, is we want to be generous people and, uh, and so through his generosity he broke this selfishness and he, he gave alms but he also worshipped with people regularly he gave of his time, and he gave, and we wanna we wanna do that. When you're connected to a group, you help other people through their bad days. And part of the way we do that is by being generous. Let me tell you, when we gave forty five thousand pounds of food out to people who were in need, you think we helped them get through a bad week? Maybe, absolutely. I'm just glad I didn't reach in everybody's car and pray since I had probably had COVID that day and didn't know it, you know, but. But praise God, I didn't. But we give. And so uh, that helps us through our bad days as we help others. Number four, look at this one. Write this down. Look to Jesus. We started out with this scripture. Let me tell you something. If we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, we're going to go down the wrong road. I'll go down the wrong road. Steve will go down the wrong road. You'll go down the wrong road. Even Pastor Kathy will go down the wrong road. If we don't look and keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus. Look, he says this, Hebrews. I want to read it again. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's already run this race we've been through. It's like my dad would, would uh, tell me things, you know, when I bought my first house. He'd say, all right, now you need to do this. And I'm thinking, why? Why do I need to do that? And I'd realize why when I'd get into a repair job or something. He would already made the mistake of not doing what he's tell, telling me to do, right? Jesus... Not not that he made mistakes, but he's already been through what we've been through. He's already been through what we've been through. Keep your eyes on Jesus. How do we endure? How do we make it to the end? By keeping your eyes on Jesus. By keeping your eyes on Jesus. See, we've all made mistakes. But we keep our eyes on Jesus. When you fall, you get back up. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study. How he did it. To do that, you've got to be in the Word of God. We've got some more. Do we have more one-year Bibles? We've got one-year Bibles up here. They're ten bucks. Right? Yeah, ten. It costs us a little more than that, but we sell them for ten. If you if you're not reading the Word of God every day, these devotionals that we have up here on the tables, we've got more coming for starting uh, see so these go through May, so it'll be June, July, August. We've got more coming. Get in the Word. Read the Word. You've got to You've got to get in the Word. Study how I did it. What do you need to be reading? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read those, those verses about what, how, see how Jesus did it and interacted. And so we've got to look to Jesus. I don't have a formula one, two, three to make life better. I've got Jesus. And I'm telling you, look to Jesus. He never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, and whatever. And now he's in the place of honor, right alongside God. So we, keep, we can make it through by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. So when you're going through a bad day, what do you need to do? Keep your eyes, keep your eyes on Jesus. You've got to put him first. You've got to take care of those near you. And, and realize, let me tell you, there's a purpose in your pain. And what you're going through, Jesus is going to use you to help someone else through and then help someone else through and help someone else through but you need to make sure you look to Jesus, I want you to bow your heads I want you to know something, you're going to go through bad days you're going to go through bad days but Jesus you put your eyes on him and you keep your eyes on him he will guide you through those bad days he will take you through those bad days and if needed, he will carry you through those bad days. And when you come out the other side, you're going to be stronger than you ever thought you could be because of what he did in your life. So, Father, I just thank you, God, for your word. Lord, I, I just, as I look at this scripture, Lord, it says, Keep our eyes on you. Lord, help us. Help us.